So is that cool about the Pablos or what? Isn't that awesome? Yeah, that's right. Let's celebrate that. And uh, just to be very, very clear, two pounds, nine ounces. Okay? Okay, two pounds, nine ounces. Small, yes, very, very small, but seems to be doing pretty well right now. So please continue to keep them in your prayers. Well, here we go. We are kicking off this series today called I Wonder. And uh, like I said in the opener, we're going to be looking at different questions that we all wonder about at various points in our life. Questions about God, about faith, and certainly questions about life and how really the three of them all interact together. So, Short in teaching time, I promise, okay, this is not a 30-minute message. This will be about 30 minutes, but that's going to include a lot of interaction between all of us. Uh, so we're going to jump right in, and we're jumping in with this question, what happens when I die? Notice the word when. When. You know, the Mayans were wrong, weren't they? Okay? And, and because the Mayans were wrong, on we go. What happens when I die? Unless Jesus comes back first. Which could happen. We don't know when he's coming back. You know, the Bible is very clear that no one knows the, the time or the hour when the Lord is going to come back. But if he doesn't come back, we will die. Mortality rate is 100% for those who are living before Christ comes back. So what's going to happen in those moments? What's going to happen in that moment? What's going to happen after I die? You know, this is a question that a lot of us are wondering about and we're asking. Not only personally, but we're asking it because we're affected by death all the time. Friday. I spent my whole day Friday with the family, leading a funeral service right here in this space, leading a committal up in North County. This week, I'll be doing the same thing for a 55-year-old man. Yesterday afternoon, right after I got done preaching this message, I received a text message that a friend of mine had passed away. This past week, a guy I went to high school with passed away. This past year, just in this past year, I've buried a 22-year-old, I've buried a 30-year-old, and I've buried a 91-year-old. And I've buried a lot in between. And so this question of what happens when I die, we don't know when. You know, it's maybe even a bigger question. Why some young and why some older? And what's God's reasoning in all this? Okay, we're going to be talking about things like that in the weeks to come. But what happens when I die? There's a lot of people who have written a lot of things on this subject. In fact, you may have even read some of these books about death or even about near-death experiences. You know, you've got books like 90 Minutes in Heaven. You got a guy who, who experienced through a near-death experience from his perspective this time in heaven. Or a book like The Shack. Or maybe some of you have read the book Heaven is for Real. Heaven is for Real is a book that's all about a four-year-old's perspective and what this four-year-old experienced as he was going through a near-death experience. Told to his father. His father actually read the book working with his four-year-old. So there's a lot of different people who have weighed in on this subject. Now, here's the thing. Gotta just tell you right, out, right away. I'm not here to deny any of the experiences that any of these people have had who have done movies, who have written books, who have done any of that. I wasn't there. I can't claim any of that. But here's what I can do, and here's what we're going to do. I want to center you in God's Word, and we're going to look at this question, what happens when I die, from the perspective of God's Word. Because I believe that God's Word is true, that God's Word is inerrant, and that God's Word is all that we need for this life. And so, not only for this life, but for the life to come. And so we're going to approach it from that angle. We're going to be looking together at this. And another thing before we jump into Luke 23 right away, I want to tell you, okay, I know that for some of you, this is very, very raw. 
very raw. There are a lot of people who pass away right after Christmas. They make it through Christmas, into the new year. I mean, there's a, we had two funerals here Friday afternoon. There's a lot of you that are experiencing this very personally. I want today's service to be a service of incredible joy for you, and comfort, and peace, and hope. Because that's what God's word promises us as we think about this topic, what happens when I die. So let's jump in right now. Let's go to Luke 23. We're actually going to look at, it's kind of interesting, we're going to start here from the moment of Jesus' death. And we're going to approach this topic from the moment that Jesus died. We're just going to look at one verse in Luke 23, and then we're going to hop around to a few other places. I'm going to go pretty fast here, okay, faster than normal, just because I want to ultimately get to your questions. So um, Luke 23, verse 43. Context here, Jesus is on the cross. He has criminals on either side of him. He's in the middle. There's one criminal on one side who's rebuking him. There's another criminal on the other side who in verse 42 says, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. To which Jesus answered, and there's so much we can learn from this one verse. Here we go. Jesus answered him, I tell you the truth. Today. Today. If you got a pen, underline that. Today you will be with me in paradise today. Not someday, not sometime in the future. Today you will be with me in paradise. Now clearly, when that criminal died, and when Jesus died, their physical bodies were put into graves. They were put into tombs. Okay, we know about this from Jesus. We can obviously assume that for the criminal, when he died, his body was put into a tomb. But what happened to his soul? What happened to his spirit? And by the way, I'm going to use soul and spirit kind of interchangeably in today's message. What happened to that? Well, verse 43, today you will be with me in paradise. His soul is immediately with Jesus at the time of his death. You see, death, by definition, is the separation of our physical body from our eternal soul. So our mortal body from our eternal soul are separated at death for all of us. Our body goes to the ground, to cremation, wherever it goes, and your soul is with the Lord immediately. Okay, that's what happens at the time of death. There's not some kind of delay, but your soul is immediately with Jesus and it continues to live with Christ. Now this has very practical implications for the moment of our death. Here's the thing, okay? And again, I pray this is incredible comfort for all of you here today. When you die, you will never die alone. When your loved one passed, your loved one did not pass alone. Some of us know people who died in single vehicle accidents. Horrific way to die. And yet that person did not die alone. Jesus was there. And Jesus carried them into eternity. And immediately, immediately in that moment, the soul of that person is with Jesus. Okay, if you die of a heart attack, alone, in your house. You're immediately with the Lord. You do not die alone. You know, some of you are really worried. You're, you're, you're stressed out as you think about the past and you think about loved ones that have died and you even feel guilty. You know, I, I wasn't there. Grandma died alone in the hospital. No, Grandma didn't die alone. Grandma died with Jesus. And Jesus walked her into eternity. And right away, Grandma is with the Lord Jesus. This is consistent. 
with what is said in Ecclesiastes chapter 12. The writer of Ecclesiastes says this, the dust returns to the ground it came from, and the spirit returns to God who gave it. This is also consistent and in line with what is written in Genesis chapter 3. You know, God said to Adam and Eve, from dust you came, this is right after the first sin, from dust you came, and to dust you shall return. So in that moment of death, body and soul separate. You know, can you see the soul of someone as they're dying? Can you see the soul ascend to heaven to be with the Lord? You cannot, okay? You, you see the physical limitations and, and you see what happens physically, but you can't literally see the soul. But that doesn't mean that the soul isn't departing to be with the Lord. Now, what you can see and what some of you have probably experienced in your own life as you've been at the bedside of loved ones you can see their facial expressions. You can see their smile. You can see almost a glow. You can see uh, almost an eagerness, expectation. Okay, you may not see that, and if you don't see it, that's okay. Okay, spirit is still going to be with the Lord, but isn't it an amazing blessing if you get the opportunity to see that? You know, I've seen that in my own life. To see someone of faith when they pass, and even though I can't see their spirit go to be with the Lord, you can see the effects of their spirit being with the Lord as they interact with Jesus face to face. Now what happens next? Okay, so your body goes into the ground, soul is with the Lord, what happens next? Well, the Bible is very clear that death is not the end. Death is not the end. For anyone, Christian or non-Christian, death is not the end. Your life begins at a certain point. When does your life begin? At your time of Okay, yep, conception. I would say conception. Some say birth. I would actually say conception. You know, that's the beginning of life. So your life begins at conception, and then it continues on. Think about like an arrow, right? Okay, it continues on past your death. So your life begins at conception, but then continues on past death into all of eternity. So your life does not end at death. Your life continues into eternity. And for those who die in faith, believing and trusting that Jesus Christ died in their place, that Jesus has forgiven their sins, that Jesus has earned for them salvation because they could never earn it on their own, their soul is with Jesus. And in heaven, with Jesus, their soul now waits. What is it waiting for? It's waiting for the resurrection of the dead. It's waiting for the second coming of Christ for the final day. Well, what is the soul doing until then, right? If we're thinking about this logically, what's the soul doing until that point? Just kind of hanging out? Is it going to church all day? You know, some of us have that fear, okay? It, admittedly, you know, I don't want to go to church all day, okay? I like church. There's a lot of other things I'd like to be doing too in heaven, okay? You will not be at church all day in heaven. Okay? Your soul is not going to be eternally singing because, frankly, many of us can't sing very well. Okay? We sing loud, but we don't do it very well. That's not what's going to be happening. What we know is that our soul is with Jesus. And the Apostle Paul, in Philippians chapter 1, he said these really important words. He said, I desire to depart and be with Christ, which is better by far. Why would he say that? What, why is that such a good thing? To be with Jesus. Well, here's why. Because when you are with Jesus, there is a release from the pain, from the suffering, from the heartache, and from the heartbreak of this present life. 
So to be with Jesus forever means that there is a release from what you're experiencing here. And, and some of you are thinking, but I like what I experience here. Oh, trust me. It gets so much better. And so your soul at the time of your death, again, is with Jesus, experiencing the presence of the Lord, which means you are released from all the junk of this present reality. And you never have to worry about it again. But then you still have something more to look forward to. Because the ultimate victory over death is the resurrection from the dead. That's why that arrow continues all the way through. Now, if you got your Bibles open or you got you version open, go to 1 Corinthians 15 with me real fast. We're going to go to 1 Corinthians 15. This is oftentimes called the resurrection of the Bible. 1 Corinthians 15, verse 12. I'm just going to jump in. Paul says... But if it is preached that Christ has been raised from the dead, how can some of you say that there is no resurrection of the dead? How can some of you say that? You know, there were some in Corinth 2,000 years ago that believed that there was no resurrection of the dead. But look at verse 13. If there is no resurrection of the dead, then not even Christ has been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, our preaching is useless, and so is your faith. More than that, we are then found to be false witnesses about God. For we have testified about God that he raised Christ from the dead. But he did not raise him if in fact the dead are not raised. Verse 20. But Christ has indeed been raised from the dead, the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. Jump down to verse 26. The last enemy to be destroyed is death. The last enemy to be destroyed is death. You see, at the resurrection, our bodies are raised from the ground, or, or from the sea, or from the wall, or from wherever they might be. Our physical bodies are raised, and they are met with our souls in this glorious reunion of our body and our soul. Because life, fully human life, as God intended it to be, is the putting back together of your body and your soul in the new resurrection, where ultimately Jesus is going to put us in a new heaven and a new earth. That's actually what we look forward to. So we look forward to not only immediately being with Jesus, but even more than that, we look forward to the resurrection. And we look forward to what's going to happen in the resurrection. In fact, uh, Dwight Moody, who is a famous pastor from about a century ago, wrote, wrote this. Love these words. He said, Someday you will read in the papers that D.L. Moody of East Northfield, Illinois is dead. Don't you believe a word of it. I love that. At that moment, I shall be more alive than I am now. I shall have gone up higher. That is all. Out of this old clay tenement into a house that is immortal. A body that death cannot touch. That sin cannot taint. A body fashioned like unto his glorious body. So for those who die in faith, we are immediately with Jesus. On the final day, body and soul come back together, reunited, new heaven, new earth. Read about that in Revelation 20, Revelation 21, 22. Just an amazing thing. Now, what about those who die apart from God? Again, if someone dies, rejecting the free gift of salvation that God has given to them, the Bible is very clear as well. For someone who dies in that place and in that position, their body goes into the ground, their soul, instead of immediately being with Jesus, their soul, the Bible says in 1 Peter chapter 3, 19 and 20, write that down as a reference because you're going to probably want to come back to it. Their, their spirit, their soul, 
The Bible describes it as being in prison. We don't know much more than that, but it says it's in prison. So what happens to them on the final day? Well, they stand before the Lord in judgment. What happens to Christians on the final day? We also stand before the Lord in judgment. But for those who believe in Christ, for those who, who you know, have received that gift of salvation, we are judged but not condemned. For those who have denied that free gift of salvation, they are judged. But then they are condemned. This is not God's will, by the way. This is not God's plan. Please hear me on that. God desires all to be saved. And we're going to talk about that in the upcoming weeks. And come to a knowledge of the truth. God desires that for all people. That is not God's choice. That anyone would not be saved. That is their choice. That is that individual's choice. You see, you can't have true love without free will. And the opportunity to love on your own. God offers the gift of faith. But for those who reject it. According to God's own word, they will spend eternity separated from God. And that's really the definition of hell, to be separated from God. But what is heaven? Heaven is a return to God's original plan. A return to God's original plan. That's what heaven is. Heaven is a return to God's original plan. And we read about how phenomenal this is in Revelation chapter 21. I'm just going to flip there quickly. You can join me if you want very last page or two of the Bible, Revelation 21, 3 and 4. This is at the resurrection of the dead. Verse 3, and I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, now the dwelling of God is with men. Remember, presence of God forever. And he will live with them. They will be his people and God himself will be with them and be their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain for the old order of things has passed away. It's interesting that the Bible oftentimes describes heaven and this new heaven and this new earth, mostly in terms of what it's not. It's a place where there's not going to be mourning. There's not going to be crying. There's not going to be pain. There's not going to be cancer. There's not going to be all the things that hold us in bondage here. It's all going to be gone. Because ultimately, heaven and the new heaven and new earth after the resurrection is a return to how God designed us to live. And that's why your body, your body will be resurrected. And you'll be given a new body, okay? What's it going to look like? You know, I'm sure some of you are going to text that question in. Let me just say it. Your body, though we don't know exactly what it's going to look like, I believe it'll be the same in substance to what we have. You know, even Christ had nail wounds in his hands after his resurrection. Uh, Some people through near-death experiences have said, hey, you know, my body uh, was kind of like, you know, in the prime of my life, 45 years old. You know, I don't know if that's true or not. I really don't. You know, am I going to have hair in heaven? I used to have hair, but quite honestly, I don't think I am. I don't think I am, you know? I, I don't know. Maybe I will. You won't recognize me if I do, but, um, but, but maybe I will. You know, we don't know, but the Bible says in 1 Corinthians 15 that the mortal body will be immortal. And that God will give us this new body that will reign, that will be a part of all of eternity for all of eternity. I'm going to hit pause right there, Okay. I'm going to hit pause. And you see the number up there on the screen. We want to give you the opportunity to text in questions. And I'm going to spend uh, a few minutes here just answering your questions. I haven't seen these questions ahead of time. I have no idea what you're texting right now. But feel free, grab your phones, text away. We have a moderator in the back who's moderating all this. In fact, here's the funny thing. You know who the moderator is? Pastor Dion. He's the moderator. Okay. So uh, feel free, text away. Here we go. It's the new year, okay? All right, let's take a look at the first one. 
What happens if people are cremated? Great question. You know, cremation has actually become really, really popular. It's fascinating to me, right down the road, Schrader Funeral Home. Do you know what opened up right across from Schrader Funeral Home? St. Louis Crematory. Okay, opened up right across from Schrader Funeral Home. Uh, What happens if people are cremated? Same thing. Their body is put back together, and the body and soul are reunited to be with the Lord. If Jesus is capable of being raised from the dead, I absolutely believe that God can piece together any human body. And God will do that for all people who die in faith. Body will be put back together, and they will forever be with the Lord. You know, cremation is not a bad thing. You know, for many, it's a really, really good option. Next one. How does purgatory fit into things, okay? What a great question. You know, the, the whole idea of purgatory, that, that doctrine or that idea of purgatory, um, you could actually read about it in a part, um, a, a part of, I don't even want to say scripture because it's not scripture. Um, it's a part of scripture that not all Christians recognize, you know, and, and we certainly don't recognize in this church. Purgatory actually goes against the whole doctrine of justification, which means we are saved by grace through faith on account of Christ. So how does purgatory fit into all this? It doesn't. It doesn't. It doesn't. And here's why. We are saved not by any works that we do, but solely and purely by God's grace in our life through faith on account of what Christ accomplished for us. And so when you die, and this should be incredible comfort to you, seriously, Let this be a source of hope and joy for you. When you die, your soul is with Jesus. You don't need to do more good things afterwards in order to get to heaven. In fact, even here on earth, we don't do good things in order to get to heaven. We do things as a result of the faith that God has given to us. And therefore, our life becomes a shining light to those around us. Will we be able to recognize and enjoy the company of our loved ones in heaven? Again, let this be great comfort to you. The answer is yes, absolutely, emphatically. Underlined, italicized, bold, yes. Yes, we will be able to recognize and enjoy the company of our loved ones in heaven. You know, we will know those that we knew on earth. And to make things even better, we're going to know far beyond that. You know, Peter, James, and John... They recognized Moses and Elijah. We're going to recognize and we're going to meet people that we have never met before. And yet we're going to know them. So not only will you recognize your loved ones, you will enjoy all of eternity. How cool is that, right? You're going to enjoy all of eternity with your loved ones. Now, if I can kind of read into that question a little bit more, um, some of you might be wondering, so are we going to be married in heaven or, or what's that whole deal? You know, the Bible says that there is no marriage in the resurrection. Okay, some of you are like, well, I'm not going to say what some of you are like, okay? (laughs) Okay, but here's the thing, you know, some of you are like, oh, really? Really? You know, gentlemen that I buried on Friday, they were married 58 wonderful years, okay? But they will know and they will love each other for all of eternity. But here's the thing, we're going to love in a way that we don't even know how to really love yet. Because we're still living in a tainted world. So though we will not have marriage like we understand it here, we will forever be with those who also die in the Christian faith. We'll recognize them, we'll know them, we'll love them, and we will enjoy all of eternity with them. Next question. Can our loved ones in heaven see us and know what's going on 
here on earth? Can our loved ones in heaven, are they looking down on us? Can they see us and can they know what's going on here on earth? I'm going to say no, okay? For some of you, that's disturbing, okay? And I just want to, let me, let me talk this one out a little bit, okay? First of all, that person is with Jesus, okay? And because they are with Jesus, that means that they're free of pain, anxiety, worry, and heartache. Now, if your life is anything like mine, your life includes all those things, okay? It would be of no benefit to them that they would do that, that they would see us, that they would look down at us, that they would get aggravated and frustrated by the poor value judgments and everything else that we make. So they are not looking down on us. They are totally occupied in the presence of Jesus. Now, here's the cool thing, though, okay? Let's be happy that they are with Jesus. In fact, let's be filled with joy that they are with Jesus. Let's thank the Lord that they've been released from all the burdens of this life and that they're with Jesus. Now, God can certainly use angels. You know, angels are special beings created by God to serve us, to to comfort and and to minister to us. Bible talks about that. Um, But let's not pretend that that person all of a sudden became an angel. Because they didn't. They didn't. You know, I know that it's really kind of the sentimental thing to say, and, and I understand it as kind of like the hallmarky thing to believe. Um, but truly, we don't want that. We do not want that. We, when we die, we don't want to become angels. We want to become fully human, which is how God made us to be. Angels are different than humans. You know, the Bible says in the book of Hebrews that God made them, made us, humans, to be a little lower than the angels. He made, he made us to be a little lower than the angels, which means we're different than the angels. Just like angels are different than animals and humans are different than animals, okay, we're just different classes. We will be who God designed us to be, and that is fully human. And that's a really, really good thing. Next question. We're watching live stream. Awesome. Welcome. Do the scriptures say that when we die... We are immediately with the Lord in heaven, or do we wait until the rapture? Wow, what a fantastic question. Love that. Thank you. Thank you for asking that question. Um, okay, so the whole idea of the rapture, you know, rapture, this idea that, you know, you know, in case of rapture, you know, this car will be unmanned. I mean, you've seen all those bumper stickers, right? The whole idea of the rapture comes from 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, write that down, verses 13 to 18. There's a Latin word in there in the Latin translation that is rapturi, which we get the English word rapture. Basically, what that's referring to is being caught up when the Lord comes back, second coming, being caught up in the clouds, okay, body and soul reunited, and we will forever be with the Lord. Now, here's the thing. We are, at the time of our death, immediately with the Lord in heaven. Okay, that's the best way to describe it. Yes, we are in heaven. Are we in the new heaven and the new earth? No, not until the final resurrection, okay? Now, what's this rapture business? When Jesus comes back, okay, when Jesus comes back, all people, you know what, let me just go to 1 Thessalonians 4. Let me just, let me share this with you because this is really, really important, I think. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, let me find it. 
Okay, brothers, we do not want you to be ignorant about those who fall asleep or to grieve like the rest of men who have no hope. We believe that Jesus died and rose again, and so we believe that God will bring with Jesus those who have fallen asleep in him. Now, here's what's going to happen on the final day. You ready? Here's kind of, I love this, play-by-play, all right? This is the play-by-play right here. According to the Lord's own word, we tell you that we who are still alive, okay, let's say Jesus comes back tomorrow. We who are still alive, who are left till the coming of the Lord, will certainly not precede those who have fallen asleep. Fallen asleep, those who have died. For the Lord himself will come down from heaven with a loud command, with the voice of the archangel and with the trumpet call of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. So, on that final day, here's what's going to happen. Dead in Christ will rise first. If you happen to be on the St. John premises on that day, look that way. Okay? That way is the cemetery. Okay? The dead in Christ will rise first. Then, those of us who are still alive will be caught up. Here's the word rapture. Caught up together. That's the word rapture. We'll be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so we will be with the Lord forever. Therefore, encourage each other with these words. So, on the final day, we will be caught up together. But that's all going to happen. You know, it's going to happen instantaneously. Loud command. Boom, 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 boom. You know, the whole idea of, you know, the rapture and, you know, those who believe are going to go up and they're going to be up there for a while while everyone else is tortured down on earth. Uh Uh-uh. Ain't going to happen. If you die before that, though, you are immediately with Jesus in heaven. But still looking forward to the new heaven and the new earth, the resurrection of the dead, which happens on that final day. What happens with suicide victims? What if you're not sure their hearts were in the right place when they died? I'm going to focus in on the word when right there, okay? What happens with suicide victims? You know, some of us grew up in churches, and we were taught by good pastors that those who, believe, or those who commit suicide automatically go to hell. That is simply not true. That is not true. That is not true. Can I tell you one more time? That is not true. The only unforgivable sin is denial of the Holy Spirit or rejection of the faith. Suicide is not the unforgivable sin. Denial of the Holy Spirit, rejection of the Christian faith is. There's so much we don't know about someone who commits suicide. You know, maybe they were on a medication, maybe this, maybe that. Um, Just in the past couple of years, you know, I've known pastors who have committed suicide. What about them? It is faith that saves us, not our final act, whatever that is, that sends us to heaven or hell. Okay? Can I be clear about that? It is faith that saves. It is God's grace given to us in faith that saves. If someone commits suicide, okay, but they have faith, It is faith that saves them. Faith. That's it. Christian faith that saves. So what, oh, okay. I guess I answered it. Did I answer it? What saves? It's faith. Faith saves, right? What happens to the infants that die at birth since they could never get baptized? Wow. Such a powerful question. And again, I mean, maybe, I don't know who asked that, but this could be very, very personal. Uh, what happens, okay? Uh, let me be clear on a couple things. Again, what saves? It's faith, okay? I believe in God's grace. 
I believe in God's mercy. I believe that, that God is who he says he is. And that truly, it is God alone who can save people. Okay? What happens to babies or infants that die at birth since they can never get baptized? I believe they are with the Lord and will be forever. Without a doubt. I believe that they are with the Lord and will be forever. I believe that of those who, who were killed in an abortion. I believe that of those who died prematurely. I believe that of, of those who, who died in, in other ways at a very, very young age. Okay? I believe that because I believe in a God who is merciful, who is loving, and, and who desires all people to be saved and to come to a knowledge of the truth. Now, baptism... The reason that we baptize infants, you know, in a few minutes here, we're going to be baptizing uh, after the service, we're going to be baptizing a young infant. The reason that we do that is because God is very clear. You know, baptism is for all people. You know, going to all the world, baptizing all nations. So we baptize infants as well. Baptism gives the gift of faith, okay? But baptism isn't the only way that faith is given. And the Spirit of God can and the Spirit of God does work through other means. And I believe that one who dies as an infant who has never been baptized will be with the Lord forever. Our livestock and pets in heaven. That's interesting that that person said livestock and pets. Okay? Ah, so what a great question. Okay. Um, yes. Yes. Okay. There are animals in heaven. If heaven is a return to God's original plan, clearly animals were a part of God's original plan, okay? In fact, the Bible says that the lion will lay down with the lamb, okay? So animals, livestock, yes. Pets, I believe there will be animals in heaven. Uh, will your specific little pet be in heaven? Um, I don't know, but let me tell you what someone else said, okay? Martin Luther, pretty famous 16th century church reformer, said to his dog, okay, even you'll have a golden tail in heaven, Okay? Even you'll have a golden tail in heaven. So yes, absolutely, without a doubt, there will be animals in heaven. And that's it. That's it. All right. Okay. So, so this question, what happens when I die? You know, if, oh, you know. I'm just doing my job. Okay, you guys are the ones asking really good questions. All right, so, so here's what's going to happen uh, from here. Now, a lot of you probably texted in questions. You were waiting to see if they'd get on the screen. They never made it to the screen. Pastor Dion and I, in our weekly podcast, the sixth podcast, we're going to be answering the other questions every week during that podcast. Okay, so I'm going to invite you to tune in. Go to the sixpodcast.com, info's in your spread the word. Go to iTunes, type it in. Um, every Wednesday morning, we do this weekly podcast. We're going to dedicate the podcast over the next six or so weeks to answering all the questions that were not answered just because of time. Uh, you know, last night we had 50 of them. I, I, there were probably 50 to 100 that came in this room just during this hour. We're going to continue to bust through them, answer them in our weekly podcast. Now, as we continue in worship, you know, we have the opportunity today to receive the Lord's Supper.